Thanks for taking the time to listen to our latest content here on the Blood Red channel. Guy here with just a quick message. Do you want the very latest Liverpool FC news directly into your inbox? Well then sign up to our daily LFC newsletter, which will bring you the breaking news and big events from around Anfield. To subscribe, just go to bit.ly forward slash LFC newsletter. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash LFC newsletter. Or click the link in the description of this podcast and pop in your email address. It really is that simple. That link once more bit.ly forward slash LFC newsletter. Well, thanks for your time and on with the podcast. This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield. This week, mixing up a little bit, we're going live on YouTube. So uh, here with us, thanks for joining us. If you're tuning in later on, you know, sounds, <laughs> that'll do as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joined uh, by Steve McManaman. <laughs> uh, David Hughes' wig still growing. How are you getting on, mate? Uh, I, take, I take the curls, to be honest, because it, it brings off a few of the inches. But um, yeah, except for that, mate, all right. I haven't got the headband in this week. Um, so I'm trying to fix it yeah. every week, but it's getting tougher, especially with no, uh, no barbers until July. I, uh, I don't know what I'm going to look like in six or seven weeks, but see how we go. Yeah. You ch- change it with a handle to um, the big guy with the locks. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets to that, then I um, I won't lie. This this was the first week where I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure I can do any a few more weeks of this. Um, but it doesn't look too bad. It's it's fun to shape a little bit. So if I have a few more days like that, then I'll be all right. But yeah. We'll move on, yeah. eh? Because <laughs> I'm not sure people care that much about my. Uh... <laughs> Listen, they should. This is an important. This has become an important part of this of this series. It has. I obviously fair. restarted last week. Uh, so on the um, the three all over. So went back oh, to basics. Yeah, yeah, back to basics. Yeah. Um. So today's episode, anyway. Um. We're gonna have a look at. Well, just a general chat, I suppose, about how, how Liverpool's front three, obviously Salah, Mane, Firmino, how they, how, where they sit in Europe in terms of the great front threes that we've seen in the past 10 years. Um, so we're just going to have a chat about that. And we're going to go into, obviously, the football we can go into it. That's actually happening. So we're going to talk about the Bundesliga, preview it a little bit maybe in you know, with Liverpool angle, I suppose. So, which team is is the most Liverpool like? Which team should you be supporting? Certain players to look out for that. You know, maybe drifting under the radar and, and that sort of thing. But we're going to take advantage of the fact that football is coming back. Sadly, not in the Premier League, but it's close enough in Germany. Um. So yeah, Liverpool's front three. Um. Don't know where to start on this one. To be honest, general thoughts on Liverpool's front three, Dave. They are good. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. It's if you listen to the show, obviously we, we, we touch on them every single week, don't we? So, um, yeah, it's just it, it is real. It's a really interesting conversation. I think in terms of where do they rank alongside the elite over the last over the last ten years or also in Europe? Because I think as we'll probably start discussing now. There's certainly a case to put them up there, and they they probably be pushing for that number one spot as well. Um, 
if you look at just how they formed, you know, the balance across the front three and um, how it's been happening, such a successful side as well. Um, there's definitely a case to make that they've been one of, one of the best. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll list a few of the the trios that came to mind for me when we were sort of planning the episode. Um, so Messi, Suarez, Neymar, Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, Aguero, Sterling, Sane, Neymar, Cavani, Mbappe, and Robin, Ribery, and Lewandowski. So absolutely ridiculous lineups there. Um, and if I'm being totally honest with you, I think that strictly in terms of individuals, I, I don't even, I'm not even sure that Liverpool's will be in the top three. Um, but I, we, we will get to why Liverpool still matter to compete and, and, and why Liverpool's front three is still right up there. But I think in terms of each player individually, I'm not sure I'd have, I'd have Liverpool's front three, you know, competing with, say, for example, the, the Barcelona and Madrid trios. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, because we're talking about these players in their absolute prime as well. So if you, if you think about an obvious one like Ronaldo, you know, you kind of see Ronaldo is still an elite goal scorer, but obviously on his, eventually, finally, he's got to the stage where he's probably on his way down now, now career-wise. And, but what we're talking about is kind of Ronaldo at his peak at Real Madrid, you know, alongside Benzema and Bale, which is just a ridiculous trio. So, yeah, you'd think Ronaldo's probably, as an as, as individuals, as better, Messi, of course. And then the names you've just listed off there, there's a good ca- case for a fair few of them to say whether, you know, um, whether Liverpool try and break into, like, any of the kind of top three of, of that group. It's, it's tough, it, despite them being really, you know, obviously fantastic players. Yeah, I think I think what it is for Liverpool, it, it's for me at least, it's how the how they work as a unit. It's not just a case of putting three ridiculous players in a team. It's it's the dynamic that they that they pose. Um, I think if if you was to put the three on the pitch, um, almost without any coaching to an extent, it would still just naturally work because of Firmino's natural tendency to to come towards field. So his natural tendency to run in behind from the right using his left foot. And exactly the same on the right, but Mane, you know, you on the left, sorry, but Mane using his right foot. I think it's just a dynamic that works perfectly. Um and you know the, the whole club thing of like you know everyone as a team, everyone defending, everyone attacking sort of thing. It it just works. And I think if you look at say for example um, the Barca from three. I don't think, I don't think it was. It's really that. I think Messi was just kind of like an all-around do do everything sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Messi was left footed, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I, I think what I'd use probably is maybe the, the the best example of what you're trying to say there is potentially the um, Neymar, Cavani, Mbappe. Yeah, okay, obviously they're all fantastic, and it is a, a lethal from three for me. The difference between, say, them and, and Liverpool's is they're very much an attacking unit with little focus on much else, whereas, as, as you were just touching on there, obviously Liverpool, are, are just, that front three is just as strong without the ball. You know, they, they press really well, they work in cohesion with the side. I, I, I think back, the best example I can think of that is, do you remember the game at Old Trafford last season, Champions League, PSG, 
And uh, Neymar and Cavani was missing, I think. I know they had yeah, some yeah. big injuries, but I thought they were fantastic with just Mbappe up there. Um, and the team dynamics just seemed to work so much better with other players coming in and adding more balance. Um, but when it's that front three, I think they're really good in attack, but they don't have that same balance. And it might explain why they've, they haven't really achieved anything of note in, in, in the Champions League. Um, yeah. So I think they're probably the, the, the counter the point you're trying to make. Yeah, but I think that, I think this is the point whenever people talk about front three and that and comparing them and stuff. Mm. It's it's really easy to look at a front three like that and say they are better players than Liverpool's front three, for example. But for me, for me, you have to consider the dynamic. You have to consider how each player works for each other player, um, and as I said, just just kind of the dynamic that they pose with with both both Liverpool wide players cutting inside, and Firmino's dropping off. All three have got massive physical capacity as well. They never get injured. The, the amount of appearances they've made. I haven't actually got the numbers on that, but I saw some mad two while back about like the amount of appearances Salah's made um, compared to Neymar or something like that, and it was like you know the gap the gap was massive. Mm. Um, I think these are these are often factors that aren't really considered when you when, when they're doing these player comparisons and team comparisons. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Um, something that I feel like me and you've spoke a lot about on this show and. I think others are starting to speak about it now, but it, it's something that was definitely overlooked for a long time. That you know, consistency in terms of being on the pitch is how you have such a such a big impact. And you do look at Neymar, and you, you know, if you were looking to buy Neymar, um, I always think that would well, this would just be this cloud over the park with such a high amount, with no guarantee of him being there week in week out. I know you can't control every injury. Sometimes you're just unlucky, but I do think there's there's elements to it. Um, that kind of comes with being a really great player. I think Liverpool just that front three do possess that. You know, even when like Mane, Mane was picked up a couple of knocks this season, but it doesn't seem to keep him out long. It's like he's always, you know, there or thereabouts and getting back in the side. And uh, it is, it is huge. Yeah, I mean, if we was looking at individuals, then which I've just thought as well, actually. The dynamic I've just been mentioning about like a, a right foot player on the left, a, a left foot player on the right, and then a centre forward who kind of drops off or plays for them. Mm. Real Madrid is another one. <laughs> you got Benzema through the middle, Bale yeah. left footed, Ronaldo right footed, which again is is ridiculous, absolutely yeah. crazy. You know what? Funny enough, Josh, of, of the of the kind of the group of names that we that you that you mentioned. Uh, beyond like um, obviously the the Barca from three, they're the ones that kind of honed honed in on being such a good trio that maybe sometimes get o- overlooked a little bit because certainly when Mesut Ozil moved to Arsenal, Benzema kind of it kind of gave him a new lease of life in terms of dropping in into that like number ten area and they do remind me a lot of this of this Liverpool front three. You know, not in terms of like the specifics of profiles of the players, but as you touched on there, just how they how they work. Um, the only difference is, I'd be interested to see what you think on this. Actually, do, I think like Benzema plays like a Firmino a role, but do you think Benzema also has the better finishing abilities than him, or am I just being a little bit harsh? No, I think I do think I agree. I think he's slightly different in saying I do think Firmino is a natural, probably number ten in, in mm. most. Mm. Whereas I think Benzema is just a complete forward, mm. um, and that's one thing I was going to touch on. If you look at the 
the number nines for each team that I've mentioned there. We've got Luis Suarez, Benzema, Sergio Aguero, Edson Cavani, and Robert Lewandowski. Each one of those, you know, just complete all-rounders, able to to do chance creation, but able to also find that themselves with, you know, almost 50-50 if you want to do it that way. I think Benzema sacrificed quite a bit of his output when Ronaldo was there to just basically for the team. I think, he's, I think Benzema's generally absolute top player. That doesn't really get the credit that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a point, actually, during Ronaldo's time at Real Madrid. Um, I'll get the year up now. Uh, but I think Ronaldo averaged something like six, yeah, here it is now, 6.95 shots per 90 <laughs> in um, La Liga the year before he left for Juventus. Um, and that just wouldn't be possible if Benzema was a bit greedier, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his facilitator, basically. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm just that's a crazy number. I remember, I remember when we were blown away on this show talking about Suarez, is, and I will be talking about him again in a bit, but um, at Liverpool, like the five plus shots, but you know, that um, that six points, whatever it was, is just was ridiculous, really. What was it, 6.9 for Ronaldo? Um, six point nine five, yeah, yeah, that's the crazy numbers. You know, some teams struggle to do that. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think Salah's um Salah's numbers is well nowhere near that, mm. but um the fact that he had Firmino there supplying him with these chances um is one of the, is one of the reasons why. Yeah, uh, so individually, if you if you're looking at players individually. Which front three are you kind of? Which front three are you taking there? If, if you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. Are we mismatching? Are we kind of mixing them together, or are we? Are we just kind of picking off the of the three that we've named? Who would we have? Of the three that we've named, I'd go for yeah. But I'm not, um, I'm not particularly focused here on which players left footed or you know the dynamic yeah. stuff. I'm just thinking as a trio of names almost. It's that's such a hard question, you know, Josh, because I feel like I could. I, I think it might be a little bit easier, maybe for me personally, to uh, eliminate kind of teams that um, teams. Yeah, you throw me right off there. Um, yeah, we're okay now. Yeah, so I, I think it's really it's really difficult to kind of pick one, but I, I, trios maybe I'd eliminate would be. Uh, Sterling, Sané, Aguero, not because I don't rate them, but you, the point that we just talked about then about, you know, uh, in terms of consistency playing together, you know, injuries, rotations have all played a, played a huge part in terms of them not really playing together as much as the others on the list. Uh, I think Neymar, Cavani and Mbappe as well, even though they're a really good attacking unit. I, 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 I couldn't see Liverpool being as successful with them. Though, though that front, front three in nearly starting eleven over what they have now because I just don't think they do enough off the ball. Who's that? Aguero and No, sorry. So I was saying Aguero, Sterling and Sane. I, I wouldn't have just through, you know, um I am not sure how consistently how consistently yeah. they play together for different reasons. And I was saying Neymar, Cavani and Mbappe, I wouldn't have either. Um, just because although the great talents, really good attacking unit, I think without the ball, they don't do enough. And I think Liverpool wouldn't be as successful as they are now with that from 
way over what they have. Um, I'm going on here, and I without I'm sitting on the fence without actually naming one. I'll probably go with that Ronaldo, Benzema, and Bale group, even okay. over Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar. That would not be that would not be my pick. Go on. I would go with Messi, Suarez, Neymar, personally, just because um, for, for me it's 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 the best player who's ever played the game mm. alongside as a Liverpool fan at least what 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 Suarez has done. It's just it's unfortunate that he's played alongside Ronaldo and Messi because uh, I think he would have almost certainly had at least one Ballon d'Or by now. Mm. Uh, just had his numbers before, didn't we? And, in his second season at Barcelona, I, I must have overlooked it at the time. Uh, this is 2014, I think. Uh, just, gonna, just getting it up now, but he's, he's scored 40 goals in La Liga only. That's 40 league Same. goals. Um, that's absolutely crazy. 2015-16 it was. Uh, I'll actually, we're actually going to debut the screen share thing for, for YouTube. So... See how this goes down. Um, yeah, so there is Suarez's shot map for that season. Yeah, hopefully you can see that, Dave. Yeah, we can see it, mate. Yeah. yeah, just the sheer number of shots in and around the centre of the penalty box. Uh, obviously benefiting from, from playing alongside Messi. But uh, it's just absolutely daft. I think that, that season Suarez averaged... 3.9 shots per 90, which is quite low compared to his Liverpool time, at least, isn't it? I mean, I know, I know you mentioned Liverpool numbers a few episodes ago. Mm, yeah, you just wonder, though, maybe that, that messy aspect comes into it, you think, where it's a case of, uh, yeah, you, you kind of... Well, we've, we've actually talked about it when we're talking about Coutinho, haven't we, and his issues at Barcelona. You can only really have one kind of main man free spirit so to speak in, at Barcelona that's always going to be messy because how good he is I just wonder if that means players like Suarez have to adjust their game and be the less uh, the less selfish player that they could be you know to, yeah. to, to kind of benefit him because um, yeah, yeah well, there's not a lot for them really well it's interesting because that season Messi took 5.2 shots per game which is obviously a lot but he only scored uh, 26 in La Liga. So, in the bias that Suarez, but scored about 14 fewer goals, mm. um, which is quite weird. No, no, yeah. next year. I'll, I'll double check that now. Uh, yeah. yeah, he overperformed his expected goals by about four goals. Yeah. Still, you know, interesting little one there, mm. but yeah, and I, th- I think in addition to that. I, I personally think Neymar's a ridiculous player. I think he's unbelievable, personally. Um, yeah, I do like Neymar. I just, uh, I don't know what it is with him. I, I think I just, I don't know. It, it just feels like he doesn't really have a consistent season. There always just seems to be reasons why he's not playing. And, no, I, 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 I would agree there, yeah. I yeah. think availability has to come with. Um, and, you know, consistently performing at the very top of the game over the court course of several years and winning trophies and stuff like that and he has done that to an extent but I know what you mean in terms of injuries and mm. off the field issues and big transfer news and all that sort of stuff but I do think that when he's on the pitch I've, I've not seen players do 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 what he does um, mm. 
unbelievable player. I think, and if, I think if he was to if he was to have played around the era of of Ronaldinho and Zidane, I think he'd be he'd be talked about now as as one of the absolute best ever. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. back then numbers came into it less, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was a lot of. Everything was quantified with the eyes, pretty much. You know, beyond goals and assists, um, it was very much what you're seeing, which you know would would suit some players better than others. Um, just just quickly, Josh, I feel like we, we we're kind of not really we haven't really spoke about one trio that definitely deserve a mention, in my opinion, and that's yeah. uh, Robin, Rivery, and Lewandowski. Uh, yeah, like definitely. I, I love Lewandowski. Like I just think he is the ultimate uh, centre forward. You know, yeah. we talk about players there, but for me, he's just he's the ultimate centre forward. Um, I think maybe the only issue this that trio had is, I don't know if you'll agree, is maybe they just didn't really come. They just weren't at the same ages when they were playing together. You know, like yeah. you think of Liverpool's, they're all the same age, aren't they? But yeah, definitely. I, th- I think Robin and Ribery managed to to be a little bit parallel with but I think Lewandowski. I think his prime has been made. Well, he's had a ridiculous career. I mean, you can't really yeah. pick out for crime, but I think right now he seems to be ridiculous at the minute. His mm. numbers right now this season are right up there. Um, and I think last year he had a good year as well. So, and that's coincided with Robin and Ribery, you know, leaving Munich. So, I think it would have been really interesting to see all them at the same age. And I think that's when Liverpool have obviously got right. Yeah. I think Salah, Mane, and Firmino are all the same age, or just maybe. A few months in it, I think maybe Firmino was a couple of months older or, or something like that. One of them is, but um, it'll all be in the same year in school, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good gauge, I think. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think, yeah, me, me, me saying Suarez, Messi, and Neymar that, that's no that's no knock on any of the others, and I completely understand why Why you, for example, would mention Ronaldo, Benjamin, and Bale. Yeah, I think on another day, I I could have answered the Barcelona front three. I think it is that tight. Um, but yeah, just just now, just for kind of, I think about Benzema, Ronaldo, Bailey. I think okay, yeah, he's yeah, similar as he's a Neymar some, to some extent with the injuries and things. But I think he's really being overlooked. How good he's been for them. You know, like yeah, that yeah. goal. Obviously, it's a sickness to bring it up on the show with that goal he scored against Liverpool in, in the Champions League final. Was just insane. No, it's it's probably better than that one that people still show every week. It was a dance against uh, it was against Leverkusen, wasn't it? In the early two thousands, you know, it was it was probably better than that. Uh, it was just just a, a really good player. I think kind of gets overlooked a little bit and has been treated that well over there. But yeah, that's that's who I'd probably go for at the moment. Yeah, I mean, as I said, there's some ridiculous ridiculous front trees out there. I think. In terms of Ronaldo, Benzema, and Bale, I, w- I will say that I think they've got the physical edge over um, certainly the Barcelona trio. Mm. Um, obviously, they've got the height, they've got the speed, um, and I, I think it'd be interesting from like the perspective of, the, of a defender or a defense, a defensive team or whatever, to ask you know who would you rather play ninety minutes against? Who would you feel mm. more comfortable defending against? Um, because as I said, I think I think the Real Madrid trio have got the, the speed and things like that, but the Barcelona trio have just got the, they'll just basically make you look stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe we haven't spent a bit and enough time speaking about Liverpool here. But I think if we were to focus on the dynamic and how 
how each player works for each other and specifically how well suited the trio is to the brand of football that the manager's trying to impose. I think Liverpool have got to be, got to be right up there. Um, you know, looking at the way Klopp attacks, the kind of like, it, it's not perfect football, is it? It's not like Guardiola football, it's quite rough around the edges. And if you look at Salah, Firmino and Mane, they are a little bit like that, aren't they? They're kind of like rough diamonds and that, and they'll give mm. the ball away quite a bit, throw the ball a lot and create a lot, and, and that sort of vibe. Yeah, I think the um, the big thing that people always got is unpredictability. I think though, I think that front three epitomised that. You know, uh, Mane will just uh, he'll, he'll look as if he's gone one way, then he'll go the other. Salah's a fantastic dribbler. Thinking for me, you know, the stuff that he pulls off sometimes in terms of turns, tricks, no passes. It's just it's really hard. I think as a defending side to say. You, I mean, you can say, you know, Liverpool are going to focus on building the taxes from the wing-backs and they're going to be aiming to get the balls of these three. You can do that, but I don't think you can honestly look at Liverpool's front line or mm-hmm. Liverpool in general really be like, this is exactly what they're going to do in this game against us today because it's just so unpredictable. And I think those three just epitomise that. You know, the way the interchange as well, they're really difficult to track. If it's not working one way, they'll swap swap sides, you know, if they're breaking on the counter. They won't automatically go back to the you know, the original positions. They might swap sides, come through the middle. It's, it's just really hard to track. And I think that's something that they do really, really well. Yeah, I think what you've just said there, the best way I can probably describe that is that all of these front three that we've got down here, I think Liverpool's is the only real front three in terms of a trio that, you know, if you take one of them out, it, it's it's just not the same sort of thing. Liverpool's trio are, are firmly a group of three players rather than being a group of three individuals sort of thing, which is, I think, yeah. the case for most of these other teams. I mean, like they're collective rather than three great players. Yeah, they are, they are literally a unit, a, a front three as as one, you know, entity almost. Um, mm. Whereas I think each, each other team there, each other player, they're almost... They're almost too, I don't want to say too good, but just too um, individualistic to to form an entity as Liverpool's front three have. Mm, yeah, yeah, they don't occupy, don't possess the same kind of balance throughout. It's just you know putting three elite players in the forward positions because that's where they play, and then that's that's a front three. Whereas this one does kind of form something a little bit more, a little bit more solid. I'd say a little bit, just a little bit more balanced. Um, just a really good combination. Yeah. Um, I think we'll leave it there, unless you've got an answer to add on the front threes before we move on to the Bundesliga. Mm, I just wonder whether the, whether we were too kind on reflection now, putting Aguero, Sterling and Sane in when you think of the, the company they're in. Well, am I being harsh? I don't know. I've got nothing oh, against I... them. I really like them, but... No, I think on, on paper they do look quite ridiculous. Mm. That's why I put them down, I suppose. But I'm not sure how how often they've actually played together as a trio on the pitch because it doesn't, it doesn't mm. feel like that much. No, it's like one, one season maybe. Mm. But uh, you know, Sani's been injured, and I think there was a period where Guardiola, for whatever reason, seems to go off Sani in favour of Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I just think as a front three, there was a period where they were getting compared to Liverpool's, and you know. That I had to include. In fact, one of the front three I meant to put down, but I'm not sure what he made. You know, post 2010, was uh, Ronaldo, Rooney, and Seves. 
didn't actually put yeah. that down. But I suppose they're close to Liverpool's front three in terms of being really fluid and kind of operating as a unit. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to look 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 back on that kind of that trio a little bit more because I think back to how, how I was watching football then, and it was kind of um, it was very much just you know the, the the average fan, and I'd love to watch that back now a lot more and kind of see how how the um, how they combined, you know, just the mechanics of that front three because obviously United were a really really good side then, um, and Ronaldo was Ronaldo, Tevez was up there and. Yeah, it was just a yeah. It would have been interesting actually to look back on that side to see just how good how good they were. Yeah, I think certainly in Rooney and Tevez, you've got two. I suppose what you could label as as workhorse types, despite playing up front. Mm. Um, and I think Ronaldo was generally given a bit more of a a Salah type role that that Klopp's gives Salah in terms mm. of he, he gets a little bit more of a license. I think to stay up and and get the goals sort of thing. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think Liverpool is certainly right up there overall compared to all of those teams. Mm. Do you give them top spots, just out of curiosity? Or do you just think Barcelona and Madrid edge them? It's, it really just depends. It just depends. It's hard, isn't it? It's so hard. It's hard to answer that. As one city, I'd struggle to put any film three above them just because of how it's almost telepathic sometimes, the way, the way they do things and, mm. and that sort of thing. But as as a group of individuals... I couldn't put them top. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. So Bundesliga then. Yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah, back. I am. I am. You know, I've actually been watching some Belarus football over the weekends last couple so of weeks. That's, so oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I took some stick for that, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've been watching it, and uh, I mean. It's, it's hardly it's the scratch, put it that way. But I'm really looking forward to the Bundesliga coming back because it's a it's a really interesting league and it isn't one that you get to watch at home because well there's only so much football you can watch on the weekend and it's it's played, you know, normally at the same time as, as the English game. And obviously in our roles we 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 kind of watch every game available, Premier League wise. So it'll be good to just kind of focus on a lot more of these games this weekend. And I'm really looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I think to be honest, if you was to say to me that you can't watch the English league, I probably would pick Germany as my second favourite, just yeah, because same. of um, the the stylistic made of Spain and Italy, um, I suppose France, France to an extent as well. I, I just like I think the Bundesliga is probably the closest in comparison. So, yeah, I think it's not it's no shock that plenty of coaches end up going to the Bundesliga, and rather than moving to Spain, they always seem to come to England. Mm. I think the direct play maintain yeah. counter attacking and that rather than possession football and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I, I've been watching a couple of games actually just over the last few weeks from the Bundesliga. Um, just for, I've been wanting to watch like Leipzig a little bit more and stuff. Um, just really to see beyond like the goal highlights and the you know chance creation. Just to actually watch how they play. Because we, we will often be writing about it, and I think it's just good to, you know, kind of know the intricacies a little bit more. And one thing that's really stood out in that division, I know it's renowned for it anyway, but even compared to the Premier League, is the pace. It just felt like it was, it's so, you know, it's like high octane. It's just, it's from side to side a lot of the times. It's, I, I, admittedly, I wasn't watching, say, Bayern Munich, so 
I don't know over when they play, they just kind of uh, dominate in the same way Liverpool and City do. And according to the numbers they do, so maybe those games are a little bit different. But you know, I was watching like uh, I was watching like teams like Schalke and Wolfsburg and stuff, and the games were just you know end to end pretty crazy. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching watching a few more this weekend. Yeah, I think I think when Guardiola moved there to take over Bayern. I think he famously said that like one one thing that really hit him when he moved over there was how good the Bundesliga teams were at counter attack. Mm. Yeah, um, that was something that he had to work on over there, and I think that's where the, the whole inverted fullbacks with Philip Lahm sucking in and things like that stem from just the mm. fear of counter attacks over there. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's I, I, another thing as well that's worth mentioning, which we will get to, is the amount of the talent over there, the talent mm. in that league. You've got so many players you could just easily slot to a to a Champions League winning team and he wouldn't really look out of place but mm. they seem like maybe one or two occasionally three in each Bundesliga club see what I mean apart from Bayern maybe but I think like you know Leverkusen and Leipzig and Dortmund they've all got they've all got players that the elite clubs would love to poach but you know they can't just take them all at once yeah yeah you're right funny enough actually if you I don't know if people watching have got the BT Sports app but They've obviously honing in a lot on the Bundesliga content at the moment, and they've been doing some classic matches. I watched one yesterday. It was um, it, I think it was Leverkusen and Hamburg. Um, it's probably still on there now if people want to go and watch it afterwards. But Son was playing. Up, uh, he's only twenty one, and he yeah, was. Yeah, we were linked with him during that time. See, I don't, I don't remember those links with the Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was quite a prominent link. Um, it was around the time that Rogers was in charge. I think. Mm. Um, but we just, for whatever reason, never bid for him, uh, and he ended up going to Spurs. But when Spurs got him, I remember thinking to myself, "I'd like to see how this kid does." And obviously, he's played left onto something that's really good. But yeah, Liverpool yeah. attracted him for, for for quite a while. I remember a piece a few months ago, Melissa Reddy piece, and she said that like it was it was on Liverpool's recruitment or something like that, and it it said that Liverpool really like Mark Rashford and Son Young Min, but mm. for obvious reasons, you know, the unattainable sort of thing, but. I think Liverpool have, have been aware of Son and, and I've got scouting reports on Son since since them days comfortably. Well, he, he would have been. I mean, if they don't all right without him, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, he would have been a really good purchase, and he looked fantastic in that game. He was really, really good. Scored. I think he scored a hat trick, and I, 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 that might have been against his old club as well. Um, but yeah, he was he was really good. He was only twenty one there. I just going back to the point you were originally making. It's just it is a real hotbed. Um, and they'll also, I think Red Bull, um, Leipzig obviously have a, or RB Leipzig, I should say, um, have a connect a, a big reason for this. But it seems that a lot of obviously players jumping from Austria into the German Bundesliga as well, won't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is it, it's interesting. Coaches, well, coaches tend to. Yeah, do. yeah. Well, someone I've actually mentioned, uh, they will come on to in a bit. Um, yeah. Sorry, we just our producers just messages. Any mad stats team in the Bundesliga? <laughs> I think we'll, we'll probably come on to that a little bit, actually. Um, yeah. Well, from Cook one six four five. Yeah, we should probably say at that point with this being a live, a live pod. If you've got, if you're watching now and you've got any questions, I, I suppose throw them in there in the comment section, and you know we'll try and answer them live. Put Dave on the spot. Yeah, only only the easy one, please, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, what one of the things I did put down was um, obviously with the Premier League not starting. In fact, have you got any, have you got a reply to that, or do you want to? 
do you want to move on and then reply to it gradually yeah no i think we'll i think we'll come on to it um because yeah, the question yeah. i was going to mention then was for liverpool supporters you know wanting to find a favorite german team in the meantime mm. who would you say is the most the most liverpool like team in 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 the Bundesliga at the minute so my my i've kind of answered this in two ways because i think me and my first answer is is really boring uh, so i apologize but there's not much you can do i think right now as things are you know you can't look past by munich just in terms of how they you know top of the division they dominate the ball dominate the press numbers um you know there's a big focus on building from wing back positions they've got elite um wide players i think that there's just a lot of uh, a lot of similarities there but as I said it was a little bit boring, so I've I've kind of flagged uh, Wolfsburg as a side that maybe Liverpool fans could enjoy enjoy watching. Um, yeah, they've got Oliver Glasner there. Uh, he's come from Austria, ironically, which you know I should have used that as a perfect little segue earlier. But um, he, he brought is it Lask? Is it Lask Linz or is it L A S K? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I've got yeah. But they uh, they come up from second division with, with him in charge and turn them into title contenders. Um, you know they play a three up top formation. Um, although there's often as three at the back instead, so it's like a three four three. But you know wing backs play a huge part and they're like a pressing machine. Um, yeah, they're just a that they're really interesting side. They started really well. They're still there all day about in terms of pushing for Europe. The I think the seventh at the moment, but they could be an interesting interesting teams to watch yeah um i think it's worth probably noting that we did we did alternative clock managers the other week didn't we um yeah. and i think the two we both suggested without knowing what each other suggested i think they were both bundesliga coaches yeah, so yeah yeah i think for anyone who thinks who wants you know to gain any insights and who may replace clock eventually when it happens i personally but I think Marco Rose is, is, might, might be the heir to Klopp. So if you're interested in knowing a bit about him, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach is a team to follow, but I think there's, there's a variety out there. I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of, to, in terms of buying. Mm. Um, maybe it's because I'm a Liverpool fan, but I don't feel Liverpool are the strongest team in the country. It feels like we're the underdogs, especially considering the financial wealth of City. Mm. Uh, like City the Bayern, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I agree in terms of like the, you know, Bayern have got threats all over the pitch. They've got particularly fullbacks who are really attacking focused. Um, and I've obviously got fast wide players in in Gnabry and uh, who's the other? They're getting Sane, obviously they're getting Sane, aren't they? Yeah, which will just be a, a, a City. A, a, I don't know what the intricacy of that deal is, but I'd be if I was City, I'd be gutted at losing Sane because I think he's fantastic and I'll, I will mention as well on that that I think Gnabry is right footed and I know Sane is left footed and if you keep Lewandowski for a few more years that would provide the foundation to do a bit of a Liverpool type from three where he goes inside and that sort of thing yeah I'll just um, just just flagging Josh that uh, Kay Brennan said I'm looking forward to watching Dortmund I want to see all this hype about Sancho see if it's true he's barely seen well, she barely seen him play. Um, 
I mean, it is. It is true. He's unbelievable. Um, that, yeah. I, ironically, they're playing Schalke, and it's. I think it's the pick of the games on Saturday, which is a derby for them. So that's a perfect game, I think, to watch him. Yeah, David Wagner over there as well in charge of that match. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Klopp, Klopp's best mate. Yeah, but he's an interesting little attacker, Sancho. Just on just on that. He, he, one thing I've been looking at lately, those who follow me on Twitter will know, is his touches. I've been focusing on judging player per touch. And Sancho doesn't tend to show up that highly in most of the metrics, but that's because he touches the ball an awful lot for a, a forward in particular. So whereas every touch of Timo Werner's might be goal-focused, Sancho touches the ball a lot in just general build-up play and he'll play off five-yard passes to his teammates. So not every touch is as dangerous as Lewandowski's or, or Werner's or someone like that. In fact, I'll use that now. To just, in fact, no, I won't. I'll do that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sancho is obviously. I'm assuming a player that a lot of Liverpool fans will be looking looking forward to see, especially considering he's he's linked with the club. But mm. I think personally, I I would expect Werner to be a bit more of a realistic move. So I'm looking forward to watching a bit more of Leipzig than usual. Um, I, can I just on. say, just from a non uh, non like support or non Liverpool point of view. I think in terms of just wanting to watch a side, Leipzig will be my will be my choice, like because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think they're such a such an interesting side, and I think they've got so many good players as well. The exciting team to watch. Um, so yeah, from a personal point of view, they'll be who I'll tend to be watching the most. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say then about Bayern, you know, the fact that Bayern have the stylistic make up in terms of you know fullbacks and the, and the wingers and stuff like that, but. I think in terms of principles of play, I, w- I would look at Leipzig to be very Liverpool-focused in terms of pressing the ball and that, and Liverpool have obviously got a, a bit of a relationship now with Red Bull because of this. So I think Leipzig are a very similar team to Liverpool on the pitch, at least in terms of not being that focused on keeping the ball, being quite forward-thinking whenever you've got the ball, attacking, taking risks and stuff like that. So I do think they're the team to look out for, and obviously they're in, they've got Julian Nagelsmann in charge, who we tipped a few weeks ago as a potential club. Uh, mm. um, so players then, any considering where Elton rises, this should be something we we, we have a bit of knowledge on. So yeah. any players that you were looking forward to watching, um, under the radar sort of thing. They don't necessarily have to be transfer links. They don't. I, I, I've named a few that are probably a bit too old to be to be linked with clubs, but they're just players that I'm just looking forward to seeing. So, do you want to start? Yeah. So, um, with that, what you've just said in mind, there, I think the player I'm looking forward to watching, just because we spoke about him in, on on this show in January time, we did like a um, a scouting piece where where we. Me and yourself, then we 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 scouted players on data alone in terms of you know who they could potentially come to Liverpool and be successful. And one I flagged was uh, Danny Almo, who at the time was playing for Zagreb. Um, I'm in a couple weeks. He hasn't getting moved to Leipzig. Um, yeah. I haven't really been keeping an eye on how he's been doing there, so I'll be interested to try and kind of keep an eye on that and see see how he's doing. Um. Another player that Leipzig you want to keep an eye on just because he is someone who never really, although I have seen other people speak about him since, but I haven't really seen that much stand out in the data. But um, 
and I'll, I'll kill the pronunciation, but people who regularly watch the show know that I'm hopeless with names. I can tell you score number 27, but names. <laughs> um, it's Conrad Lehmann, is it? Conrad Lehmann, yeah. Yeah. Um, Full name. Honest. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's what, change, that's what we talk changing it with handles. That's what I'm going to change it to. Um, but yeah, no, I think he uh, he looks like a fantastic player. Uh, you know, and I think he's still only about 21, but energetic, really good ball carrier. He's he to be able to do everything really well. Um, yeah, he, he played really well against Spurs a few weeks ago, actually. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I think he came from Salzburg as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. He came from Salzburg, you're right. Um, which is that kind of seeing that can be built in full flow again. But yeah, he's uh, he's someone I really want to, you know, type of play that I want I, I want to watch rather than just look at the data. I actually want to watch him play and see what he does well because I, I, I was watching the game through the week um, and he played and there was a moment where he kind of picked it up on the edge of his own box and carried it right into the right into the final third. You know, bounce past uh, three or four players and then lays it off, and is unlucky not to get the ball back. And I just I'm looking forward to maybe seeing a little bit more of that. So I mean, there's two names that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I've got a few listed. So, but one one that I'm going to start with is this is something I wouldn't really advise, but this is a purely <laughs> a data player. I have not watched this lad play, um, but considering this is just like players we're looking forward to seeing. It's just a name I thought I'd flag, but because I've been looking at this, the touches stuff lately, uh, what a player does when he's on the ball, I've got no idea if this plays if this player is bad or not, to be honest. <laughs> but he shows up quite often as a very threatening player, uh, and his name is Florian Keynes. I've seen that him come up, and yeah, I have. Is it spelled with the with an I? Is it? Uh, K. Oh no, I don't know if that is. I'm thinking of something. K A I N Z. I think it was. Hang on, let me go check. Yeah, K A I N Z. Florian Keynes. He plays for Cologne. Uh, he's 27 years old, which is why he's maybe passed like a move to Liverpool or whatever. But just give you an example of the kind of thing. This obviously, sorry for the people that are listening, but this comes with the YouTube benefits, I suppose. But just give you an example of the type of thing he shows up in is that oh this is pay a touch so what you're looking at there is the player at the top which is thomas muller he completes the most number of passes into the penalty box for every one to touch of the ball that he takes followed by timo Werner, leon bailey kingsley common obviously players we are well aware of and then you've got florian keynes um and he's a, he's a midfielder for Cologne. Um, but he just, in various little metrics like that, he seems to be showing up as as an active player, like a, a threatening player. He, he seems to be, you know, the kind of the vehicle through which Cologne attack. He seems to play a key part in bringing them towards the penalty box and things like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so he, He's a player that I'm, I'm quite interested to see whether he's, or not basically so i suppose this is what data scouting can be about to an extent you can use it to find certain little outliers that you want to then further. but with the bundesliga starting on saturday i just thought rather than watching a few clips of him i'll just i'll see how actually how he how he performs and see if he does any good yeah the um they've, i think they've had an all right season as well by their standards fc clone um 
think they do kind of there or thereabouts in certain fact. Hold on. Yeah, no, I've got it up here. Yeah, so the tenth, but they're still in with half a shot shout of like top six. Um so yeah, that one one maybe to keep an eye out and one that's not so obvious. Um just because I assume people will be wanting to um want to watch that Dortmund Schalke game a play that I kind of thought again, someone I haven't watched, but there seems to be a bit of a buzz about is a is a defender called uh Owen Kabak, um defender for Schalke Turkish. Um he's only like nineteen, but you know, I think I've read about him he's even linked to the Premier League. He, he could have been. I'm not too sure. Um, I said there's been a buzz about him. What? Sorry. I'm confident he has. What was his name again? I'll just say it. You can just see if the face link is yeah. a Premier League club. So it's Ozan Kabak. That's K A B A K. Um, yeah, I think he, he only he, he might only move to Schalke this this season or fairly recent. But there's just a lot of buzz about him, and a lot of people comparing him to uh, Soyuncu in some way. And, I think Soyuncu's been fantastic for Leicester this year, so it'll be interesting maybe to just see if 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 he if he's if he's regularly playing if and if he gets a game this weekend if there's if, if any of his kind of talents warrant the hype. Well, I can't actually see a link with um with the Premier League club there, but it might have even been Leicester. I think I saw. Oh no, it wasn't. That was the, that was the events centre back then. Um, so I might as well add, I'll add another one of mine and another player. People who, who have a bit of playing knowledge will be aware of this lad, but Christopher Nkunku, I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm. Uh, another player who's a, a key creative component for this team, Leipzig again. Um, and he was signed from PSG in the summer, I think, for a cut price fee. PSG seemed to let these kids go because of how much they spend on the likes of Neymar and players like that. He was linked with the Premier League, wasn't he? I think Arsenal, was it? Um, I know yeah. I, I wrote about him. In January nineteen, I think it was. So I, and he was. I think it was Arsenal. He was getting linked with us. It might you know what might have been Newcastle, which is ridiculous when you when you look back now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's he played in a variety of formations this season because of how much Nigelman tends to switch things up. But predominantly plays in offensive midfield or on the left, and just again to get up a little visualization, uh, just to capture what I'm talking about. Uh, let's have a look. So, if we were to use this, hopefully you can see that. And Konku was up here alongside Keynes. Um, basically, players that appear over on this side, the top left, they're kind of the league's creators per touch. Whereas down here, you're looking at the league's uh, most threatening scorers per touch, and those that are in the middle, middle such as Werner. Do a little bit of both, but yeah, Kane's right up there, and Nkunku right up there. And considering Nkunku's the highest on the whole chart, on the whole graph, that suggests that he basically has the most creative output per touch. Uh, there's a variety of reasons behind that, um, but yeah, just playing at that jolly, that's taking me interest and see if they almost pass the eye test. Although I've seen Nkunku play a little bit more than, than I have Kane's. Yeah, um, just while you were talking, sorry, mate. Someone's asked, uh, What do we think of Kingsley Koeman uh, at Bayern Munich or Coleman, whichever way you want to pronounce it? Um, I think he's good. 
but injury prone. And that was from Cook1645. Um, I'd say he's spot on. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, he's pretty, pretty awesome. Awesome. I think he's a fantastic player, but um, he misses a lot of games. I think he's missed the easy, maybe 10 this season. League games, that is. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. When you think we've had a short season as well, that's, that's maybe just under half. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think I think the the extent of his injuries. I think it's maybe even for buying into buying 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 Munich into buying him. <laughs> you did well there, mate. You did well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Sane would maybe be as much of a priority if Coman was able to play as often as Salah was able to play, for example. But yeah, because he's yeah. in and out the side, a little bit unreliable. You know, Klopp got to the extent where he realised Sturridge was never going to be. A pillar because he's 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 not there enough. So you have to you have to almost plan without them. So I think in a, in an alternative reality where Coman is not injury prone, I think he's probably regarded as one of the best around. I think he's still quite young as well. Uh, yeah, let's, I haven't got anything up on him, but I don't think he is old. He's, he's uh, twenty three. Yeah, no, he's not old. Crazy. Um. Yeah one, other, yeah, one more. One I had just because. Um, somebody asked me for help with a um, a graphic, like a pressing graphic, not so long ago. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chance sharing it because I can't be bothered <laughs> finding it. But um, uh, Weghurst, you know, Weghurst is it? And, um, yeah, yeah. Berg, yeah. I've, I've, I've not watched him play. I haven't, but he's he's 27 and he's the. Um, I think he's got the most um, final third pressures of any forward across Europe's top five leagues, which I think is quite interesting. Now that is only pressures. It's not, you know, successful balls one back, but it's, and obviously it's impacted by the fact that he plays for Wolfsburg, who are quite aggressive in trying to win the ball back. Well, I thought that's interesting. And he's also scored 11 league goals, which is, which is a decent tally as well. So I'd be interested just to kind of see how, how both of those uh, entities translate to how he plays on the pitch. Uh, he's 27. So, it's not really, you know, a player that we're looking out for the future here, but you know, it might just be a, you know, a decent Bundesliga forward to to watch. Yeah. Another from myself is uh, another player who showed up consistently in the numbers, regardless of whether you're using pay ninety or pay touch. Um, Philip Kostic, um, plays for Frankfurt. He might even be a fullback now in the, in the modern game because I think he's getting on a bit. But he's, he's a player who just does an awful lot for the team. I think Frankfurt sold Luka Jovic, Sebastian Haller and Antti Rebic, their entire front three in the yeah. summer. But they're still in and around about the same performance levels. And I think one of the key reasons behind that is is Kostic. And, um, you know, the fact that he's he's been able to stay. I think he's crucial to, the to, you know, aspects such as bringing his team towards the penalty box and into the final third and... I think he puts a lot of crosses into the box and stuff like that, but mm. he might even be in his thirties. But he's he's just a player that I don't think he's that uh, old. Is it with a K? Is it Josh? Twenty-seven, actually. Yeah, Philip. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, so he's still he's still an, an okay. Eh? He's probably just in the midst of his prime now. Yeah, but he's 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 spent his career in in Germany. I think yeah, he's been a he's been at Stuttgart, Hamburg. Um, Frankfurt, mm. and yeah, in in and out of 
Frankfurt on loan and then permanently signed basically. But he's just a player that I'm a little bit surprised has never really been picked up and just just moved to England sort of thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see how how he does actually impact his team on the pitch because he's clearly quite an important player for them. Yeah, it's um, just going down the rabbit hole a little bit, but we do tend to do this. Um, you mentioned his name then, Luka Jovic or Jovic, whichever. Um, do you? What What would you do with him? Would, would Would if you were a Premier League team now, would you be tempted to to make a move for him? I think it 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 depends it depends on what type of striker you want because I don't I don't think he's the way we were talking before about complete forwards. I don't think mm. he's that. I think he's yeah. very much a penalty box. I think he'd be great for for a team like Leicester. I think he'd yeah, be like great. Mm. If he was to replace Jamie Vardy with Jovic, I think that would be a great move. He, mm. he maybe wouldn't offer as much in behind as Vardy does, but Vardy's literally only used to put the ball in the back of the net. Or yeah. Stay in the box. Yeah. In fact, I think I'll, I can share another little thing. And actually, I think I've stood when I did the the Premier League version of, of the Bundesliga graft I've just shown. Uh, so, let's have a look. Again, just for, just for anyone who doesn't know, by the way, I think you heard it then. Josh was just saying, he, he was obviously at Frankfurt and um, he, last season. He was only... 21 and he was just a fantastic goal scorer and he was like a massive talent and he's moved to Red Madrid um, and it doesn't happen for him at all in Madrid for various reasons um, yeah I'm not really sure what the story is he, he, he hasn't looked that good there he's picking up a few injuries and things but he's still just 22 so I'm just trying to gauge whether it could see him in the Premier League at some point yeah I read that Zidane actually wanted to sell him in the first window <laughs> really yeah what's happening there uh, I know he's got, he's now out for a, a number of weeks because he's got injured in self isolation. So, yeah, uh, I think it was bruised heels. Yeah, well, uh, funny enough, Sebastian Hall hasn't really hit the ground running since moving to West Ham either. No, uh, anyway, just on this graphic that you can probably see here, as you can see, Jamie Vardy in the top right hand corner, and that just means that doesn't mean he's the best player on the graphic, just means that pay touch. He's probably the most threatening player in the league in terms of when he gets the ball, he's probably going to deliver some form of attack output, whether that be creation for others or whether that be taking a shot himself. He's literally in the team for Leicester to just finish moves um, while, you know, James Madison and Yori Tillemans and players like that create the moves for him. So I think Jovic should be good in a team like that. But in a team like Real Madrid, maybe got a bit be a bit more of an all-rounder. I think maybe he gets compared to Benzema, and he looks like half the player, even though that's mm. not really the case. He's just not suited to a role like that, maybe. Yeah, which which might explain why Zidane's so keen to so keen to sell him. Um, because if you're not if you're not looking for a player who's basically there to just score goals, if you need something more, then he's he's probably not the profile. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few other players that I just throw in there just before we wound up. Um, I mentioned the play. I mentioned Milot Rashica a few weeks ago uh, when we were talking about. I can't remember what we were talking about at the time. Yeah, it was about a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, but he preferred the Bremen, who were probably going to get relegated, I think. And he looks too good for them. He scored plenty of goals, and he's actually linked with Leipzig, 
who I would assume wants him to replace Werner because he's a similar type of player, quick, right-footed, I think, uh, gets goals from out wide and stuff like that. So he's a player to look out for if you're watching Bremen. Um, I just made a little note here. Thomas Muller seems to have turned into an absolute super creator out of nowhere. Thanks a minute. Yeah, yeah, he's just doing what I think Ozil was doing in his prime in terms of just setting up so many chances for other players. Um, Marcus Chud is another player I think is worth giving a little shout to. He will be playing for Marco Rose at Mönchengladbach. And another lad that we mentioned when we were doing the midfielders to replace, well, not to replace, but alternative types to Wijnaldum. I mentioned Dennis Zachariah. Who also plays for Mönchengladbach, so I think he's worth looking at. It feels like a lot of people have been talking about talking about him since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good player. Doesn't really have very many weaknesses. Like um, plays similarly to Wijnaldum, but maybe without the goals. Um, but one one downside that I have learned this past week is that he's he's very one-footed. Um, wasn't actually aware of that beforehand, but that's trait that I generally I'm not that keen on. But yeah, I think he's I think he favours I can't even remember what foot he favours, but whatever it is, mm. he doesn't like you moving the other. <laughs> um yeah. that's what, maybe yeah. maybe some of that could be tactical. I don't know. Maybe if he come into a different side it might be a little bit different, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think it's his right foot that he favours. Mm. Um but we'll round up there anyway. Hopefully we've had an interesting discussion there on Liverpool's front three and on a, you know, a little upcoming preview for for the next fight in Bundesliga weekend, hopefully. Mm. So, it might end up saying to a Bundesliga podcast at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Which, which player played like a Liverpool player this week? <laughs> the same week after. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if, you've, if you've been tuned in live, thanks. If you want us to keep doing this, let us know. Um, thanks for joining us, Dave. Cheers, Josh. We will see you next week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.